Feel like the everyday chaos is getting to be too much? Head on over to winninggym.com slash BAP and we can help you there. Join our eight-week ProFit Business Accelerator program for quick wins for your gym. Check it out. You deserve it. Now back to the show. You are listening to the Built to Grow podcast, delivering the knowledge in all things fitness business. We help gym owners win. Here are your hosts, Tim Lyons and Randy Exton. All right. Welcome back to the Built to Grow podcast. I am your host, Randy Angston. For the day, uh, Tim Lyons out of town. But as you can see on YouTube, I am joined by this ginger feller, good buddy of ours and multiple podcast uh, visitor, our buddy, good buddy, Zach Lucas. How you doing today, bud? I'm doing good. I'm doing nice. good. We're here to party while Tim's out of town. Yeah. <laughs> yes. As you can see on YouTube, uh, we have uh, the whiskey flowing. No, no. I wish we did. But uh, we both have full days ahead of us and it's like nine in the morning. So we <laughs> will we'll, we'll save that one for the next time. But uh, yeah. Typically, yes, uh, as we said, Zach has been on the podcast a couple of times. <clears throat> what is your official title over at Fit Nation? So I'm the operating partner. Operating yeah, partner. A couple of us own it, and I operate it. Perfect. And uh, the reason that we we're going to have, or I wanted to have Zach on today, was uh, you know, in the expansion and growth of your brand and your business, you've got a lot of options. Um, do you want to, you know, continue and build uh, the same location, expand that location? Do you want to? venture into the licensing or franchising world or move into multiple locations. And I mean, you've got a lot of options when it comes to that. And you guys are doing just that right now. We are. Tell us a little bit about that. <laughs> so Fit Nation, um, it kind of started off, you know, inside the big box of Fit Republic. So we took mm -hmm. the boutique box into, you know, our version of Mountainside, our version of EOS. And, and um, the studio model was inside as an option for people to upgrade. It, it's very similar to all the other you know studios. We had one-on-one, -on -one, we had small group, but then we added large group actually into a big box. So as we dove into COVID, um, previous to Fit Republic, I had already had studios on the outside, boutique mm -hmm. studios. We took it inside to add this um, realm to, or that option, and then we ended up building about 70 locations that way. And it was very successful. We absolutely loved it. Um, Post-COVID, during COVID, my partners and I sat down and said, it's time for the boutique Fit Nation to emerge. And so it's one of my actual points on here is we sat down and literally said, almost like the book, um, Seven Highly Habits of Success with People, right? Like saying, begin with the end in mind. What do we want to do with it? What that. do we want to do right now? We did have that conversation before number one. There you go. And so we literally knew we have a set number of corporate stores in our mind that we want to build. We have a set number of revenue from those stores. And from that number, once it's achieved, then we start talking about franchising. We start talking about selling. We start talking about bringing in VC money, staying on, and almost like OTF after they got their first round of money, then somebody else came and said, hey, we could give you a lot of money and do this a lot faster. Yeah, scale. And so, so for us, it was about scaling probably between 10 and 15 mm -hmm. successful stores. And those um, P&Ls would drive us in the direction we have. So we had a couple meetings along the way, you know, now that COVID's done and, or, or, or we're kind of emerged from that in these studios. 
Um, so Fit Nation now has three open stores. We're under construction and three more. And so we're kind of back on track with our, our growth model up to that 10 to 12. I love that. I love that. So when, when it came to <clears throat> deciding what you guys wanted out of it before, like you said, you kind of made those decisions before step one. How did you guys come to those terms? Was it a individual, was it a revenue goal that you had to kind of reverse engineer? Was it, was it the number that just kind of sounded, I mean, like there had to be some intentionality and thought behind that. How did yeah, you guys go about that? Yeah. So we did pro formas on most of the, most of locations of, of what we wanted, you know, like our box is a, is a large group training with one-on-one -on -one and small group option. <clears throat> so we don't lean towards those, but because our boxes are so big, between four or 5,000 and 9,000, we carve off space for coaches to do one-on-one -on -one small group. Mm -hmm. Large group is still our bread and butter, which I know is super popular on this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it is our bread and butter. And I do know that I, I agree with the, <laughs> the alloy model. My, my, I, my friends, I love them to death. I, I, I love um, listening to this podcast so much. I get so much out of this, these, this group and this family of people. Um, that was the model that we had chose just because Fit Nation, all of our processes, all of our replicatable things, mm -hmm. the multiplication that we could do, the speed in which we could engage was all done. And so we uh, backtracked into the one-on-one -on -one small group as well. And we also do include nutrition with every macros with every single one of our clients. So we decided on a number. It was financial saying yeah. if we had this many members and our rents were about this and it was costing us this, um, we would be happy with this minimum profit margin. And then some of them, obviously, we would average it out. Yeah, and at that average, um, then we would keep growing and we would we would keep putting the gas to the pedal. I love that. Yeah. I, I like to bring them the data or like, you know, the numbers, because I know that, you know, through our relationship, you've talked about those things a number of times. There's, yeah. It's not just fly by wire or oh, no. whim. Yeah. And uh, one of the things I think gym owners in general and Tim and I preach constantly is right. Like, look at the data, yeah. interpret the data. The data is going to tell you what you need to know. Uh, you guys incorporated that in every decision you make with the business. Um, is that something that, you know, you just can continue driving at this point, you know, yeah. with, the, with the continued locations? Yeah. So we even um, just changed our marketing company based on data. And go. we found, I went to FISA West, actually, a, a convention in FISA West, and we met with three of the top fitness uh, marketing companies out there. And one of the things that they looked at is they said, hey, give us all your data and we'll tell you how to go get your client. And, and not only that, but we'll nail down so that we not, it's not only about like the current companies we're getting where they were happy getting me hundred leads, right? Sure. And they always talked about CPL, CPL, CPL. And I'm driving me nuts yep. man, because I'm like, I went back over six months and, and I literally marked every member I got from that company. And it was maybe three to four to five out of the maybe 60 to 70 leads they got. And I'm gonna tell you guys, we have really good systems. We have really good yeah. sales systems. We're, we're on top of that. And so the new company came to me and said, no, I might only get you 12 leads, yeah. but I'm going to get you the 12 right people. Goes, and you know your member lifetime yeah, value. It goes right to, I mean, that's everything. Tim and I, right now, we just released the math of marketing. Yeah. It's a, a free training for you guys listening. We'll throw it in the show, show notes, but it's so exactly powerful. what you're talking about, right? Yeah. In a marketing company, their job is CPL, yeah. right? They don't have the full picture. No. You know what I mean? So when you're able to show them, hey guys, like I don't care if I'm paying a hundred bucks for that lead. If yeah. they're walking through and paying me, monthly after that right? right like the the 97 that you never even got 
contact for. It doesn't matter if they were $7 leads. No. They're not walking through the door. No. So, yeah. no, I love that. And, and again, like back to the data that makes you comfortable and yeah. clear on making the decisions for the business. Yeah, and they dialed down so much off our data, which I would tell everybody in here, regardless of what POS system you use, the more data you have, name, age, birth date, last name, email, it's not just five points anymore. If you can get their address uh, upon enrolling, like, so we use VFP as our CRM system, and mm -hmm. now, we're start, now we understand the power of that data. And so the new company literally grabbed all that data and they were able to pinpoint our members and, oh, yeah. and advertise directly to them. And then like even like a direct mail piece, which we thought direct mail, I thought direct mail piece oh, yeah, was dead. Old is new now. And he's, like, <laughs> and he's like, oh no, here's what you guys were doing. Throwing 20,000 out. What we're gonna do is throw 5,000 yep. out and only Target. to this member and her neighbors because we, we know her neighbors are her, right? I love that. I super love that. smart, super and smart. That's something that I know that we've done that here at Pulse is is we've used uh, you know mapping software mm -hmm. to literally look at a map and see where our clientele. We're yeah. right across, you know, like right down the street here is the 101, the yeah. highway. Yeah, it's like the I don't want to see the other side of the tracks. Like it's it's different than this side of the tracks. But when it comes to travel, yeah. we know that like for some reason, if people have to go under the overpass, which is simple to do, yeah. they're just not considering this for their not an option, yeah. right? All of our clientele live on the other side of that road. Yeah. So by us throwing marketing dollars into neighborhoods that aren't likely to convert, no. it's wasted dollars. And right. the, like you're saying, the data tells you exactly where you need to put your efforts. Yeah. Hey guys, as you know, at Built to Grow, we're all about systems and scalability. And that's why I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Semi-Private Pro. Several years ago, I was in our gym looking around and I noticed our coaches were staring at their clipboards, struggling to stay one step ahead of the clients. And I thought, gosh, there has to be a better way. So I tasked Zach, our fitness director, and I said, dude, we got to find a software that would enhance our clients' training experience and increase our coaches' levels of engagement. See, we're all about client experience here. After countless demos, we realized there was literally nothing designed for our training model. So we set on a mission and I said, look, we got to create an app that is designed specifically for semi-private training. And I can tell you guys this firsthand, this is taking our training to new heights and I'm confident it can do the same thing for you. See, with Semi-Private Pro, you can streamline your training system, enhance client engagement and scale like never before without spending hours on programming. To learn more about how you can get started with Semi-Private Pro, head on over to special link here, semiprivatepro.com slash BTG, that's built to grow. So just head on over real quick to semiprivatepro.com slash BTG to check out a demo for yourself. So what we did with Fit Nation is we started with the end in mind. And then when we decided, and this, this you know, we really want to talk about how is it right for you to, to, to multiply? Correct. Is it right for you to, to grow another business? And I, and I took a bunch of notes about like what went into our decision-making factor, because I'm going to tell you right now, if Randy and I decide to open a studio right here, there's a good chance that we just run one, we have an amazing life. Oh, absolutely. Right? Sure. Like, like just kind of like Pulse is just killing it in this market. And Pulse, as of now, hasn't decided to, to do an, a second location, right? Well, for me, it was much more about brand recognition, right? Mm -hmm. And I started to think about my why. So that's the first thing I tell them is think mm -hmm. about why you want a second location. Um, is it because your location is so full, right? And you're, and you're, and you're over capacity, your appointments are booked, you're, you're, you're pushing out the walls, yep. right? Well, would it be less of a headache to find bigger walls 
super close to where you're at right now mm -hmm. and almost increase your profit margins by 20, 30, 40%. You know, is it like, like we worked with you and on retail, was it bringing in more retail? Like, is there ways inside this business? Because what I found, even for me, who had built 60 before in a kind of a cookie cutter, yeah. big box situation, studios with the level of the relationship that this manager and or trainers are gonna have is a different world post COVID. I don't care what anybody says. It, it is much, much different. And so you have to really look at your bandwidth, right? Like what's my bandwidth? What is my family able to manage, mm -hmm. right? As we go through this construction phase, this, because your time and attention is gonna be focused on this next build. I have three builds going on at the same time. So I have a director of new business development and she's just unbelievable, she's amazing. And she came from uh, an orange company yeah. that had built, she had opened five stores over 500. So she's in what they call the 500 club. So she knows how to pre-sell. She, she's, she's got my back when it comes to the sales process at the, at the front. Sure. So that alleviates me to go build, you know, we're talking about equipment orders, all of the designs, you know, and then also fall back on the one that may, may be opening now that doesn't have either one of you there that might not be staffed. Yeah, need some attention. Need some sure. attention, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I are, I literally wrote down, you know, what is your end game? Is it to franchise? And then you have to really look at whether franchise federal laws, your franchise state laws. It's it's a lot. Franchising, we've we've held off on franchising Fit Nation, which we could right now and go sell it across the country, but we've held off on it because it is not, it is, it is a, it's a little it's a tough complicated. I, yeah, yeah, I agree. And I think that, um, you know, we've worked with a number of franchises over the, over the years and some organizations do it really well. Yeah. And, but I would say as a whole, just my own personal opinion, obviously nothing, no, nothing on those organizations, but working with those gym owners themselves as those franchisees, the majority of the time I feel like they almost bought themselves a job, right? Yeah, I'm sure you, is it that? <laughs> <laughs> Cross that one off the list, um, what, which is which is okay. But you need to know that as an owner, right. you know, buying into that, yeah. right? Um, here, there was a member here for years that had Subways, and um, you know, he was he, he knew that you know, getting those off the ground, it demanded this much time and attention to him, yeah. and it falls on your plate as the owner until you have a team and staff right. and the people to be able to do it. And so, for, yeah, I think franchisee franchising is is probably one of the taller orders. But if you have proof of concept, if you've got, and again, it's gonna fall back on systems. systems. Franchises are systems. I don't care how good the individual is or the individuals. Yeah. Like if you can't replicate that system, yeah. you're done. Yeah, and, my, and I would tell you even for us, just being a, um, a, a multi-door owner, we haven't taken a franchise yet because we're not scalable yet. I, I am myself. In this honor. I am myself sure. scalable, but I remember my partner, Sanjeev Chopra, who's just an amazing partner, and my other one, Jonathan Wall, we're all just work really well together, but he just kept reminding, he keeps reminding me all the time, they're not you. Yeah. They're not you, neither will your yeah. franchisees. Yep. They won't be you. And so Fit Nation, because we do nutrition and because we do you know smart starts and reprograms, we offer all these tr personal training services along with their group training membership to keep them engaged, right? To extend that member lifetime value. You have to find unique people that are willing to work and serve um, a lot of these free hours. It's not just walk in, coach, and leave. Walk in, coach, and leave. 
And so it's a little too complex to, for me to flip to franchising quite yet. We're almost there. I, I have the processes for the front end, the membership sales, everything's done there. Our woods, our, our you know, we have those big TV screens, yep. our avatars, like we work with MyZone very, very well. Everything's, I, I probably could, but I also, probably a lot like you and Tim, I'm, I'm somewhat of a control freak and perfectionist. And so I can't quite yet sell a franchisee and tell them you're gonna be super successful doing this. And him come from the subway world, right? Sure. Which is what franchising is. Yeah, it shouldn't be everybody are, yeah. f is from fitness. Yep. So um, we're almost there. Um, but yeah, it's funny you said that because I literally wrote on here, you know, what's your end game? W one of those is a lot of people have created themselves a job, yeah. which isn't bad. You're an entrepreneur, you're Correct. working for yourself. You're not going to corporate America. You get to get beards and mustaches <laughs> like this, right? We, yeah. get, we're, we're, we're we, we get to wear t-shirts to Whatever work. we want, right? Yeah. But at the same time, a lot of people get burnt out by creating themselves a job. And the other thing is, is, is that sellable, right? Correct. Like, Absolutely. so one of the things that my partners and I looked at is the mold, we look backwards. We looked at, we looked forward and said, what, what would we be happy with, with the next five years of our lives building? Um, they do a lot of the real estate, they do the building for me and I do the operations. So as a team, we literally come up with that number saying, hey, here's what it's worth. Five years of my life is worth, right? And I'm sure they have that same, that sure. same mentality. And so we think about that build, sell, and or, hey, by that time, it might be ready for franchising. I love the idea though, like the intentionality, you're, you're building it to, with the option to sell from day one, yep. with, the, with the thought of that. One mm -hmm. of the, obviously our mission with Built to Grow is, Tim and I are both on that entrepreneurial mindset uh, fall back on that Robert Kiyosaki's cash flow quadrants, yeah. right? Like, yeah. you know, when you buy a franchise, you're self-employed. When you open up your gym and you're still working in the business, you're self-employed. Yeah. Until you can actually, you know, systematize the business and staff it and ascend yourself out of that self-employed role and into a business ownership role, yeah. that's where a lot of that time freedom and obviously hopefully that financial freedom to some degree is in there too. But that's, in our opinion, that should be the goal for most business owners. I mean, if you buy a business, like let's get you out of the business at some point, yeah. right? It shouldn't that be the natural yeah. process that, that we're thinking about. But I think that most people get excited, open the business and then, then it's holy shit, how do I get there? Yeah. You know? Well, they get stuck in the machine. And that's yeah. it. And then, then you're in the, you're you in, know, the, in the rat race doing the work yeah. and there's no time to work on the business. No, a hundred percent. I literally, some of the things I wrote, you know, about the pros versus the cons and before, before you, I mean, if you're considering this, obviously, if, if anybody's considering it, it's most likely you have a successful number one. Sure, absolutely. The, the profit is probably somewhere a point where you're literally looking at this money going, I could do another one, right? Mm -hmm. So I kind of wrote down some some bullet points that just um, helped help us to understand when we're ready for the next one. Number one is time. How much time do you have? Uh, how much time does your team have? And um, you know, what's the value for your time? Because anytime you duplicate, you need to be able to dedicate a certain amount of time. So we do four month pre-sales, no more. And then on that fourth month, usually turning over the equipment to me or and turning over the business. And from that moment, we need to be at four or 500 members, right? That's our, that's our number. And you know, 300, we make money, 400, we're, yeah. we're good, 500, we're printing money. And so, and, and we're, and you know, that doesn't take away from us, our love and passion for solving, solving member problems, right? We, we absolutely are diehard uh, fitness people. So what I would say is, do they have that time or two, do they have that process? How, you know, have they created scalable, quantifiable, teachable, repetitable, you know, processes that are streamlined and they're replicatable. Yeah. And that is where a lot of one store owners 
fail. And if you could go on vacation for 10 days and come back and either you were worried when you went or when you, all you thought about is checking on your numbers yeah. and stuff and you don't have that, that manager, that person that you turn over the business to or the team that turns over the business to, then even if you have the money, I don't know if I would, I would go build another one because your time and energy is going to be enormously invested in yep. this new business. And I was actually, I have some stats here that is crazy because when I, when I looked up successful business in, um, in the labor, Department of Labor, you know, I used to hear this number all the time that 90% of small businesses fail within five years. Mm -hmm. And it's actually not true. It's 50% of small businesses fail within five years, but less than like one or two ever do second door. The percentage of those people doing a second location is minute. It's oh, yeah. very, very small. Yeah. And and that, that I, I think that goes back to bandwidth. It goes back to what, what can I handle? What can I duplicate? And then I think the people that do do it get a huge wake up call, like from two to three to four to five locations. We talked to our buddy Mike Gelfcott from Anytime. He mm -hmm. was on the podcast a while ago and we were talking about this, the, the changes at scale from one to four. Yeah. five to 10, yeah. 10, you know, at one point he had 21 locations, I think, you know, and so, you know, growing from 15 to 21 locations, his job, the rest, the gym was figured out. Yeah. It was a staffing issue it's and it people. was, and it's people outside of what you would think, you know, the four walls of a gym needed. Yeah. It's organization, you know, they're, they're managing teams of people themselves. Yeah. And so um, lately I've been a big who, not how kick. That's right. And, that's, uh, not, that's the next one right there. People. There, yeah, and that's a big thing. And um, for gym owners, before we move on from time, time is huge for gym owners. And one of the things I wish I could preach more is the value of your time. Um, just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah. And you know, like to, to the point earlier, like you can work yourself into the business so deep that getting out seems like an impossibility. And so yeah. what do you do every day? You turn around and you go do what you know. Yeah. And it's back to the training floor, serving your clients. And you, it's, it's a cyclical rat race. And while admirable and beautiful and you're doing what you love, if it's not paying you a dividend, if it's not giving you a day off, if it's, you know, you own the business. If you want to do that, yeah. sell the business and go work for somebody else, make a paycheck and get to go home at night. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're carrying the burden of all of it for, yeah. for sometimes no actual reward. And so there is, there's that tough understanding of, you know, like, like the purpose of this podcast, like what is right for you as the owner? Yeah. Cause there are multiple ways to go about it. Yeah. That, yeah. And, and the value of your time, you know, I know the older I get, the more I value my time more than anything else I have. Absolutely. I mean, um, and if you have the ability to take the time that you have and put it into your business back away from your own business per se, right. And turn it over to management. Um, like, I mean, at fit nation, although I, I am the operating partner, I try, even though my partners want me to be, I try not to be the face of the brand. Sure. So you don't see me, even though I post a lot about Fit Nation and our, we have social media companies that work on that, they are not pushing Zach, Zach, Zach. I think like Bedros and some of the other guys, they're, they're you know, I think Mark Wahlberg's all over right, F45, yeah. <laughs> right? Like they got a face to the name. Sure. I don't know who the owner of F45 is, but I know it, I know he's a partner somewhere yeah. along, yeah. but they've chosen, you know, a, a guy for that yeah. role. I've chosen not to be that role because I want to back away slowly as I coach train up, back away, back away, back away. Cause that frees up my time to be able to, to push the brand forward. I was gonna say, and you put that emphasis on the brand then. That's right. Yeah. On building new stores and hiring new managers and training them. And, um, 
and so yeah that 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 time piece um and that bandwidth piece and then i would if they are looking at one one of the other things is i would include their family in the discussion adding wives and and children if they're at the age to help to say what do we want to do as a family because it takes an enormous amount of time and speaking from a gym owner that had built 60 with my my partners and then now we're building you know 10 to 12 there are locations that go down and when that location goes down it's enormous amount of time and i i think it's important to bring that family along so they make that family decision so it's not just hey i want to go build another location we go do it and then all of a sudden this one that might not might not be performing the way you want it so now you've got pre-sale or brand new business that needs a lot of time and attention and you have an exhausting one to go fix that and i am i say that because i'm currently in that situation now in three weeks i've been at that business yeah so i've had to tell you know my sons and my family like listen i got to go fix this business right it's that's difficult. a good that's a good point because we don't talk about I mean very rarely do we bring up like the other pillars of life and yeah. like how the business can affect and have an impact on all of those things obviously it does in every realm yeah but um, you know are we weighing in those deci- those aspects in the decisions we're making for the business that's yeah. huge that's huge. yeah because then uh, if you have that right relationship with that fa- those family members some of them might help to remove the ego of I want more doors or the ego of I want to make more money or what again defining the why sometimes sure, it's not absolutely. the why some people are like no i i want to uh, affect more change in the world right i want to fit I, and that is part of my mission absolutely. is to is to to deliver a fitness experience across the world that we can change people's lives through fitness right yep. but at the same time if i do that but i lose my family along the way and it, is it worth it and Correct. that goes back to that time going part of the decision making of should we open isn't just profitability you may have the money but is the money um the only thing that matters sure. where i've seen a lot of people that do it smartly they bring those people along and and husband and or wife you know are are right on board i think i think sean whalen mm-hmm. is that one of the guys we watch yeah uh, i love watching him he uh, i mean it seems like him and his his family are are together oh, yeah. Yeah. you know the diesel their, their family are together like they have they have in set in mind this is this is our mission this is our go but they have all the details about what that's going to take too yeah hey honey it's going to take you know me and you potentially sometimes they're a family that does it together it's going to take both of us to you know to execute, to that. execute yeah. this play yeah. yeah it's a really big t- i mean obviously with 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 time and people i mean your family yeah. is a big factor in that so yeah i included them in my people be- and then the other thing about people is do you have the right people that are you know, brand, brand loyal um, to keep your brand running while you're gone. Well, that you know? here's, we could talk to that for just a second. I mean, we live in a very interesting time <laughs> when it comes to employment and uh, the uh, hiring marketplace or the hiring uh, pool. Yeah. How are you guys addressing some of those challenges? Are you able to find, you know, some of those diamonds in the rough or is it still, I mean, it, it could just be a fact that it's still just difficult. Hey, Jim Lance here, and I just want to give a quick shout out to everyone out there surviving the day-to-day chaos of the fitness business. You know, you're showing up every day and you got people counting on you. I know it's not easy, but you're doing it, so keep on going. But listen, if you feel like it's getting to be too much and you wanted to get some support so you can get out of the struggle and get into real growth, then I highly recommend that you check out our eight-week Profit Business Accelerator program at winninggym.com slash grow. 
Go check it out, sign up, and let's get you on track for some easy wins and get back to growth mode. All right, once again, the link is winninggym.com slash grow. And now back to the show. We have, but Good. I would tell you, there's a lot more digging. Yeah. It, you, there yourself? used to be a little, the diamonds, I feel like, might, might have been sticking out of the wall a little bit, a little farther. <laughs> a little too earlier, yeah. Now do they're think, bigger, uh, they're deep. Are you guys having to do things? This is something I'm finding in other industries and a lot of reading. A lot of organizations are going to things outside of just standard pay and incorporating things like social impact, charitable contributions yeah. to the organization, like what the organization as a whole does yeah. you know, for charity. Um, time off or like all of these weird things that to us it was like you know when I was applying for jobs growing up I was like uh, pay me the most that's right and I'll I'll be there right like that was the driving comp plan (laughs) I'm here yeah exactly but nowadays like you know I I use the 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 statistic or Forbes did a study a couple years ago right before COVID and on Fridays they polled corporate America and overwhelmingly they would rather have free pizza Fridays than a pay raise. Yeah. And like, I don't understand that mentality. I'm sure you struggle to as well, but that shows us that like the people, those people in those types of positions, they don't think like us. And so like when it comes to creating a desirable, you know, job for somebody, sometimes we have to get outside of what we think that they want and actually, you know, look at what the marketplace is telling us. Have you guys found anything weird or are you doing anything like, you know, adding to the comp plans in weird ways or yeah. things like that to kind of motivate. Yeah. So, so some of the, I'll give you some secret sauce about Fit Nation is one of the, so we do a few things. Number one, you know, when, when members come in and they don't show or late cancel, we charge them $10. Oh, Just that, like mm-hmm. all the big groups, sure. right? There's a charge. First and foremost, we dedicate 50% of that to charity. We don't want the money. Love it's it. not, it's a profitability, right? It's and then the staff right? gets to choose every month, ideally where that goes. So the staff gets to decide, are, are, are we donating to puppies? Are we, is it homeless? Is it VA? Like, what are we doing this month with this money? And surprisingly, it's a, it's a, it can be a reasonable amount of money depending sure. on your, your policies. Number two, um, we use NPS scoring. I use NPS scoring uh, medallia. It basically is the ultimate question. And if anybody has read the book, The Ultimate Question, or reached out to some medallia companies, it's basically the same survey that Southwest Airlines, Nike, you buy a pair of Nikes, they're going to send you a survey that says, on a scale of one to 10, how likely you refer your friends and family to come work out here, right? That's a, that's a member question. If you get a one to a five, they're detractors, six, seven, or eight, they're neutrals, nine or 10 are raving fans. Well, with each one of those, you want to do something yeah, after you different, get the indifferently. Indifferently. You're yeah. like, okay, how do we how do we work hard? Let's, let's not to get, ask a testimonial from your one to five. No, right? like, and you're not at, no reviews. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're literally just trying to find out the negative experience. Is it fixable? Yeah. Can I get them to at least a neutral? Right. And, yeah. Close the close the feedback loop. And can I, yes. So so then I started to figure out that I should be asking my employees that. So go. we implemented the same question on a scale of one to ten. How likely are you to refer your friends and family to come work at Pulse? fitness, right? Or fit nation. And I was surprised I was getting two sometimes and threes. And yeah. And so what data, by the way, yeah, data, right? (laughs) And and it and for me as the owner, it gave me direct feedback, because just so that everybody knows, I actually don't run one of the studios. I live in Scottsdale, my closest studios Flagstaff, I have California, Idaho. So I'm not actually day to day operational in the studios. So I really rely on these managers to hire, train, develop correctly. 
And, and so then the other thing that we did outside of NPS, which, which that information is, is just incredibly valuable, and I have taken that information from high, uh, um, an employee that was a two, three, or four, and we've saved a lot of people, and we've also decided that, that was their last day. You, you can't have a detractor go train 30 people that day. Sure. I mean, it, it'd be, it's horrifying. It can go yeah. bad fast, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, the next thing that we did is we incorporate vesting percents to the general managers. So we give them a piece of the pie. We want people that are gonna come right? long-term and at that point in time, if they're one year, two year, three year, there's time that they earn. Not only do they get profit share at the, at the P&L level. So if they if we're profitable, they they earn sure. a bonus. But after that bonus, then they vest based on time and membership sales. So once it gets to four, 350, 400 members and 500, their vesting goes up. It's not just based on time. It has to be on performance sure. as well. And then at that time, they're they're actually able to buy more shares from my, my partnership group. Nice. We're, 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 we're a operating partner kind of company. That's where we're at right now until we hit the franchising mark, which I, I think that's our that will end up being our direction. That's what we did at our last company. Um, but it uh, but it'll really depend on the performance and the and even where we're, where we're at at the people at that 10 to 12, 15 location. Yeah, and, and I personally love that model. I know we've got a couple of buddies, our buddies, uh, Casey and Jerry with Fit and 42. Like they, they've got some invested interest in their, uh, you know, managing partners and things like that. And I think that because of the, to the point of what we're talking about, right? Nobody's gonna do it the same as you. They don't have the same stake in it as you. Mm -mm. And so by, in this situation, giving them a little bit of, you know, the pie, it does, it incentivizes them, they have some ownership and then they can get out of bed feeling like as if their impact is, to, is, is somewhat self-serving as well, yeah. right? Not just to the a P&L that they never understand or, or get a piece of. And yeah. so um, I think that, yeah, from a motivation standpoint or a hiring standpoint, or you know, if those people are looking for other career options, you know, if, if they're looking for another GM position in another facility, that is something that speaks volumes, you know what I mean? Yeah, and, and what we have found is that it, when you're, doing that presentation, when you're doing that sale to, to, to this, sure. once you find that right person, right, it clears the playing field a little bit or the interview field of people that don't think like entrepreneurs. And and to run a studio, you gotta be quick on your feet. You oh, yeah. be adaptable. It's problem solving. Right, it's problem solving. <laughs> it's firefighting all day, right? And so, and so, um, and especially as you know, with our membership base being a large group training facility, that member's a little bit different, mm -hmm. a lot different than, yeah, sure. than the members <laughs> I saw when I walked through your store, right? And I actually know some of your members, so I know they're different. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's it's a little bit more of a discounter product versus what they're getting. You know, we we are still around the 169 to 199 rate. We, we're, we're trying to push that per membership up. Um, yeah, somewhat a volume play. You still, it yeah. is. oh, yeah. it is for yeah. sure. It is for sure, and so um, that brings it. That brings a different member. You know, it's it's um, it definitely brings a different member, and so we try to find those people that get excited. If they don't get excited about the shares and the potential ownership, like my my manager in Eldorado Hills, um, we recently. Um, sent out marketing information from corporate. Yeah. I call myself corporate. I'm, I'm corporate. <laughs> I sent an email. You have the cool, coolest thing. <laughs> I sent an email. <laughs> and um, my director knew business. We had set a referral, a really cool referral play. Um, double down your, we normally give 25 bucks off next month. Now we're doing double it down. 20, we're doing 50 first, 100 second, 200 third, right? I mean, it yeah. basically could be a free month, yeah. right? Well, 
She literally emailed me back, said, hey, I thought we did something else on our marketing calendar. Uh, please don't communicate to my team without talking to me. <laughs> and so, of course, me and Tara and I, you know, we're, we're, we're corporate. We're, we're offended because <laughs> we're, just, we're just trying to help. Wait, what? But then I sat on it and yeah. I said, no, this, this is the one that wants, she wants to own this business. She took, she's taking ownership. She's sure. taking ownership and yeah. she's saying, hey, by not telling me and by telling my staff, then my staff came to me and asked me about it and I didn't I know. I didn't know anything, sure. Yeah, so we had miscommunicated from corporate, which happens in the corporate world all the time. They you just, know how many times I've seen corporate emails come from a brand yeah it happens and like nobody at the store located like no. nobody knows what no. was happening it yeah. was just like it went out to the public and yeah all of a sudden, and boom, even it. small business we made that mistake oh, sure. you know yeah. but it was fast live we apologized on a big company call and and said that you know hey as we create these these internal external promotions and then special club promotions just based on what's going on with your world um we'll make sure that that a you all have, all have access to this file this 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 marketing calendar and then number two we're going to set the last friday of every month to talk about next month what's going on so there's no surprises for our managers but but what 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 it really proved to me is our model works because yeah. it rather than us take it offensively which we did at first we were just like oh my gosh we're just trying to help her and especially because she missed goal by three memberships damn so all their bonuses all their i mean we put a lot of money on the table for our people and she missed that and i'm like god if she had this bonus she could just i was just thinking like how cool would this be and then we rolled it out and then we basically steamrolled her sure and so um go, going back to that people finding the right people that will think as an owner um maybe not exactly like me but that's who are that's who we're looking for have we I, we we believe we've ha have a pretty cool way to identify them it's still hard to find them. Oh, we, harder can, than I can, ever. I mean, every our area circle is a daily conversation. Our yeah. coaching clients, every single facility is looking for at least coaches. Coaches, yeah. I know multiples looking for uh, director, fitness directors, GMs, that type of of position. It is difficult, right? Yeah. And I think that all of us are are feeling that, experiencing that, and yeah. it's forcing. I mean, at the end of the day, what do we do? We we run at adversity. We figure out a way, and and we'll get through this like we have everything else. 100%. But. Uh, but yeah, it's a little bit of the diamond in the rough feel right now. And I think it's kind of unanimous across the, the yeah. industry. Yeah, I think I definitely think the couple years that we this this um, time that we went through, um, I think people have a little leaned more to the other side. So like when we were growing up, mm -hmm. literally all they did was give me a comp plan. I'm like, I figured out backwards how to make money. And I was there. That's and it, and yeah. if I wasn't good at the job, then I just worked more hours because I could make more money by working more hours until I was skilled at the job. And eventually we got skilled at the job, I could have a good life. It was called balanced, get unbalanced to get balanced. Sure. That's not the that's not the the byproduct of the last couple of years. Go out and get balanced to get unbalanced. But there are still hungry, hungry um, you know, people out there that are 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 really craving the way up. And the yeah. other way is that you and I didn't have all the different resources to make money, sure. right? Like Instagram and Facebook and a lot of the ways that um, these side hustles, Uber and the, that side hustles that are just giving people enough. And, and I think that's what it is, is, is I don't want to say entitled, when there's a sense of entitlement to some of it, be at the ease at which people feel they should be paid or compensated. Oh, yeah. Um, like that's become an overwhelming just kind of wave and that's it's that's strange in its own and obviously I think those tides will shift as, as uh -huh. they, they tend to do um, but uh, but aside from that I mean obviously the challenges with coming people and in, in expanding and growing your business what other real restrictions in the model or, or I mean you know back to the conversation what what other aspects do you feel are, are crucial when it comes to 
growing or deciding if multiple locations yeah so once you've decided i'm going to do it right i'm going to do number two i I put number one do your homework on your market analysis or pay somebody to do it we pay somebody to do it we are really good at demographics we're really good at the basics but companies like insight roar um I mean, I think you guys, you you guys have done a really good job in the past at this. When you guys had pro your marketing mm-hmm. company, we hire somebody go to go to show. They know our model. Yep. They know what we're looking for, and they have dug into all of my club's data, and they have looked at what we're going after, and now they come back and tell me, thumbs up, thumbs down, or thumbs up, but here's going to be some challenges, or thumbs down maybe, but here's going to be sure challenges, How you can and make you guys happen. decide that. So number one, data. That data, don't be emotional about the location you want to go to. You can think it's, Target has thought, and they and you can Google this, Target has thought and, that they picked a gold mine and have literally had to close the business because they picked the wrong location. Tim Tim said it, he, he does believe that the number one number one underlying factor for success ultimately comes down to location. 100%. I mean, like it, it is the biggest caveat, yes. you know what I mean, a, a decision maker. Yeah, especially if potential. you're any good at what you do, mm-hmm. right? You're going to get a guest in the door, regardless of how many guests the door you get and what location you're at, you're going to either get people walking in going, oh my gosh, I thought this was planet, I'm, I'm, I'm in the wrong place. Um, but location, and I even tell people that don't go after the right location or the best location, maybe financially they're worried about rent. I said, you're gonna pay the same amount in advertising to tell people, tell your person to get here. And that's a, that's a great way of saying it. You're gonna get, you need the traffic somehow, somehow. right? So, or is it, is it gonna be, yeah, rental space at the, at the storefront, you know, yeah. at, the, at the roadside, or are you yeah. gonna be in the air park over here and you have to make up that walk, right. you know, the driving traffic with, Paid ads. I mean, yeah, it's, a, it's a fact, one yeah, way or another, right? One like way or another. Saying if you don't have, it's a marketing expense, whether it goes to rent or, or the, uh, the other. But. Yeah. The next one I would tell them is financial support. Um, just because you're profitable doesn't mean you're ready to open a second location. What's your cash flow? Is it enough to sustain the expansion? And is it enough to extend, you know, sustain? Like for us, we do a 12 week pre sale. Mm-hmm. Depending on that 12 week pre sale, it can cost me up to $100,000 in losses in that pre-sale before the gym opens. I'll give you an example. When I built my store in El Dorado Hills, it's next to a Starbucks. Literally, our their drive-through goes around, around my gym. studio. So you couldn't actually have a worse location. I mean, there's, there's a better location, right? Sure. But there was no place to pre-sale. So I had to rent a mobile mini. That mobile mini had to have air, so I had to have a generator. I had to have four people running that store. Our managers start at five or six thousand in salary, and so you know we're ten thousand, literally ten thirty, ten to twenty, no, ten to fifteen thousand dollars in just the pre-sale. Sure. In the whole every month, that goes by four months, and then we do a model where we dump about twenty to thirty thousand marketing for three months. We we go in at, at hard. Yep. And we tell everybody we're here and we're coming. Um, and then we back that down to more like three to five thousand dollars a month. For now, that might change again. Yeah. You know, we might go hard again. So, you know, just because you have profits are, are and you go, you know, two hundred thousand dollars, one hundred fifty thousand dollars negative before the day I can even bill anybody. Most importantly, do you have the financials to do that? Build the business, get the equipment, and maintain that other one that still should have been cash flowing and cash, you know, cash writing this one while you're gone. So. Um, you know, I just put financial cover that, that keeps the business stable. 
and you know just just what does that financials look like and then um secure proper financing like are you using cash are you using financing you know just securing the proper amount of financing to do that second one once you've already made that decision right like what that looks like one of the things that we found is just the resistance around gym owners to pursue capital right whether it be an sba loan whether it be even credit cards for certain levels of growth at, at certain times things like that but you know, debt is something that as a is a growing business owner, yeah. you, you kind of just kind of get used to. Yeah. You have to know how to kind of play the game and, yeah. and know how to how to utilize what's available to you to force that growth. Yeah. And I think that some of these guys are just are just people in general are just, we're just resistance to take to to bet on ourselves to yeah. take that that next step in in using data make a decision to you know choose a path that that will pay us a greater dividend yeah and then ultimately that's really what this is all about but yeah, yeah how to skin a cat is a little bit different i mean there's a lot of ways it to is do it. it is it is it's hard you gotta i mean you gotta solidify almost your your interest first right like yeah. why why do i want to do this is it for the if is it for the right reasons for our family for the business model do you have an exit strategy you know are you wh- where are you looking to take the business you know can the bank the, can the current team handle the bandwidth can you handle the bandwidth can you handle if it's a bad if it's a bad pre-sale so we 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 pre-sailed one of our locations and we literally started june of 2020. so if you can imagine in a pre-sale in a smaller town too it wasn't it wasn't a like big metropolitan everything's closed yeah but we had to go to pre-sale we're using masks in a in a you know a mobile mini and we still did pretty good but i would say that even based on that pre-sale, that store has not 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 hit with the needs, the, our goals, right? Sure. It's, it's not performing the way we want it to. Uh, it's not really a loser, but it's not performing where we want it to. Yeah. So, you know, in our model, it works because we know we're going to build 12 of these, 15 of these, and I can carry. Uh, yeah. I can carry. It's an a, average. I can, an average I can, out it. Yeah. I can, and that's what we do. So, sure. so a little another secret is, you know, if you open enough of them and your model is, is, is good enough and you're... Um, your processes are good enough to replicate. You might make a, a d- bad decision on a location. We're really quick to recognize resources, time, energy. Let's go to the next location, and we can make up a lot of this time and energy on the next location. Yeah, so. yeah. And if it's if it's something like you've, you've talked about before, you know, closing locations have to happen at some point. But again, maybe not yet, right? Like like you were saying, like maybe it was the COVID effect going in, not being able to get that yeah. burst off, you know, that now you have to make up with slow momentum. Yeah. You know what I mean? Does does the business have the legs is, is where you guys have, you know, decided. Yeah. Yeah, it's at a point right now where we can divert our attention somewhere else yeah. and then this and then make up for it, but then ultimately not cut this one off yet because it yeah. could get there. Yeah. Yeah, and I'd love to hear, I you know, there's, um. I know you guys have a lot of viewers that they might have questions. We'd love to, I'd love to hear yeah. questions that they have because it, because their questions make me think even more about my growth, right? Sure. Like the things that go into saying, you know, our growth. And um, I, I would definitely agree with you, location, location, location. That's a big one. Yeah. That's a big one. Well, with that thought, anything, uh, any like final takeaways or anything that you want to leave the viewers or listeners with when it comes to, you know, the idea of second location? Um, franchising, just expanding on the the single door idea. Yeah, I would tell you this, be careful not to get bit by the more bug, 
right? More, more, more is not always better. better. I already, I already told you that you and I could go build one right (laughs) now and we probably would, would make more money and have a happy life because he might run mornings. I might my nights. We'd have, and we'd be out on the boat on the weekend, (laughs) right? Uh, I mean, if you're really efficient at it and you've got the income that you want and the time that you need with your family and your life, uh, I would be hesitant about doing it um, unless I had like a, a, a mission, a time like ours, it's five years. This is our end goal, right? Family members are behind it. So um, I think I just leave them with that is that make sure you identify your why. Make sure you, why do I want to do this? Identify who's coming along with me and making sure everybody's there. And then make sure that I have an end goal in mind. What do I want to do with this in four, five, six years, right? Or 10 years. Like Mike Purefit, when we built the other company, it was 12 years, 25 million. That was our goal, right? And so we, all of us executives, all of the VPs, everybody knew working backwards, it was for this, for this number, right? Yeah. And I, I would just say, after you've got all that done, go do it. Hire the right people in this business, which is a lot of these people in the iron circle, a lot of the people we talk to all the time that can do um, your retail, that can help you with your data, your research, your marketing. If you're not a supplement company, reach out to the sub, the sub brands that, that can help you, like all these little ancillary things yeah. as well. And use your resources, use the resources around you. I love it. I love it. Well, I appreciate your time today. It's always good. Uh, next time, I promise we'll we'll do it over whiskey. Yes. But uh, no, I think you, that, that's a ton of great information for anybody who's considering this. I know it's a common conversation in our own circle. Yeah. Um, it's a common conversation with the gym owners I'm speaking with just in general. And um, not being fully clear of, of what you're stepping into, you know, can, can really put you in an awkward position after you make that decision. So a little bit of clarity on what that could take, what it looks like, but I love the fact you're starting with your why. You have to know your mission, yeah. uh, the people around you, a game plan and the data. And that's the biggest thing. I think that um, you, you hit it with a couple of things that are emotionless around the data. You know, data doesn't lie, No, right? We can, we can manipulate our thoughts around it, but uh, ultimately, you know, math is math. And, and sometimes so, it hurts. Oh, it, even, it, yeah. even for me too, and, it but, hurts. But to the, your point, and you made one great point in there too, that like when you were, when you, you took the information, when, when what's your name came back to you, you know, that was, it, it, it was our ego that you had to step aside yeah. and you had to say, ultimately, like there, there's a positive aspect in this and, yeah. and you knew how to move forward. So, uh, with that one though, I appreciate everything and, uh, uh, we'll see you guys on the next episode of the Built to Grow podcast. Thanks for having me. All right. And thank you for listening to that episode of the Built to Grow podcast, where we help gym owners win. Now, do you want to connect with me and other gym owners online? All you need to do is join our private Facebook group, Business Talk with Fitness Professionals. Just head on over to Facebook and type in Business Talk with Fitness Professionals. And when you do, we're going to give you our 10 marketing strategies, seven figure gym owners use to win. I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Until then, keep building something great.